You are tuning in to the Branding Babe podcast, a branding, business, and lifestyle podcast powered by lifeandcouture.com. I'm your host, marketing and brand strategist, Tara Sherman, and this is a platform where we are cultivating conversations for women on the journey to self-love, self-discovery, and entrepreneurship. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Branding Babe podcast. I'm your host, Tara Sherman. And um, if you listened to the last episode, I did say I was going to make that a multi-part series. Um, And so I did miss a week. So this episode actually should have come out um, exactly one week ago, but let me tell you what I've been doing. <laughs> so, um, recently I launched a home healthcare business in Michigan. And so I have been in Michigan setting up the very first location. Um, I'm super, super excited. Been in my office for about a week. Now I do live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, And so just, if you are following me on social media, um, if you are subscribed to my email list, I am gonna keep you guys all updated with um, new things that are happening in, within this business, because I am going to open up multiple offices. I won't disclose the locations, the locations as of yet, but obviously if I live in Atlanta, we can expect one. Um, we can expect one there very, very soon. So just wanted to let you guys know what I've been doing, why I missed, why I missed, um, airing this episode last week. So I'm very excited. Everything, um, that I do is extremely planned down to the smallest detail. I'm very passionate about my businesses. I'm very passionate about every single thing that I do, um, and this business is just very, very heartfelt for me. Like my father was in a really, really bad uh, motorcycle accident, the ending of 2019. Um, I have other family members who are growing older and you know, everyone wants to be within the comforts of their own home. Everyone still wants um, the highest quality of life that they can have while they are still alive and present with us on this earth and so that is something that this business is going that is something that inspired me and motivated me to launch this business um in addition to that being a motivating factor my older sister is a nurse my younger sister is um, a nursing assistant they're both two very dedicated very passionate women um and just to see them put their patients above everything even above their own personal interests to see them continue to show up and to be essential and to be on the front lines, um, especially during this pandemic, has just been really, really inspiring for me. And so um, this business is just, y'all, like it just gives me chills to think about it because uh, we are gonna do so much good work, so much good work and I'm, and I'm very excited. And I'm in a season in my life where this series is very important so um so part one to um 
we're talking about how to find your business confidence and this series is even applicable to me in my life right now because I am definitely in a season that I've never been in before I'm definitely on a on a new level um, I'm in a place I've never I've never seen before so and that's a good thing because as we grow we're going to see levels that we've never seen before. And I'm in that growing pain stage of it where I'm working through it and I'm navigating my way through it, um, praying my way through it, faithing my way through it, um, staying connected to the right sources, staying connected to the right people, um, people to keep me motivated, people to keep me uplifted. Um, you know, I'm, I'm watching what I take in. I'm watching what I say um, even more so now because this is a very very make or break season um, and that's why it's really important to have a business confidence because for most of us we are in this make or break season and I think um, while we are you know we're in this season of pandemic but for many of us it's just it's this make or break season this pandemic has allowed us to um, search for new opportunities it's allowed us to let go of things that no longer serve us it's allowed us to slow down and to really be present and to tune in to what is going on in the here and now so that we can make the adjustments that we need moving forward so moving on to part two of finding your business confidence building that business confidence and why it is so important so Part one was really about researching and it was about knowing your stuff, right? So um, I really went into, into detail with that because a lot of times what happens is we are in a very fast paced time in our lives. Um, everything is timeline driven and I'm not, I'm not saying timeline like we strategically mapped out when we're rolling stuff out timeline as in social media information is hitting us at a speed that we've never seen it before businesses are popping up at a speed that we've never seen it before um, and a lot of times we just get in such a rush to get it to the timeline so we can get that congratulations or you know we've seen something else on the timeline and it has forced us or you know it, it made us like okay let me hurry up let me hurry up and it's causing anxiety and feeling like you know we're missing out or we're being left behind or we're not where we're supposed to be or you know all those different things because we haven't achieved the level that um we want to achieve as of yet and so after you slow down with that and you take your time and you do your research and you know your stuff and you know your why and you know what your strengths are and you know what your weaknesses are and you know where you need to outsource and you know where you need help and you know where you need to do more research you know where you need to take more classes you know where you need to spend more time and more money in terms of investing to improve now let's gain some more insight into our industry because it's so so easy and you probably heard me say this before um, if I've had any marketing branding specialists on this podcast, you've heard them say it a million and one times. It's very easy to get business pages set up on social media. It's very easy to get an LLC. It's very easy to just do those things just for the sake of doing them. Um, that we don't have a true business structure. We don't have any true policies, any true strategies in place that'll set us apart from our competition that'll allow us to stand out in this marketplace um, and that'll allow us to scale our businesses, right? And so after we gain that insight, there are a few questions that we need to ask. 
is there a demand for your business? A lot of times we start things that nobody is asking us for. And so when we launch, we hear crickets. Who is your target audience? And I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the dead horse. Whenever this one comes up, I'm going to continuously be the dead horse. Because your target audience, a lot of times we are like, oh, they are 30 to 40. They're women. Um, they have one child. And it's like, it's very vague. They have bachelor's degrees. They make between 100K and 200K. And it's very, very vague. Um, and I always say with a target audience, it's a relationship. You need to know, before you decide to become exclusive with a guy, before you decide if this is the guy you're going to marry, before you decide if this is the man that you're going to have children with, you need to know some shit about him first. It's the same thing with your target audience. If you don't know enough to make a decision to marry, you don't know who your target audience is. You need to know how they think, what makes them tick, what motivates them, what scares them, what their daily routine is like, what do they like to do on the weekends, um, what motivates them the most, what causes them to retreat into their shells. It's so much, so many things, so many characteristics, so many layers to knowing this our target audience that just those demographics, just those, those um, shallow numbers, those top layer numbers, that's not enough. That's not enough. Because once we know how these people tick, we can anticipate what their moves are. We can anticipate if we do a sale at a specific time, how it's going to wear or how it's going to come across to our, to our target audience. We know if we put out a certain ad, if we communicate in a certain way, we know how to get a certain reaction out of this audience. But we will only know that if we know exactly who it is that we're speaking to. And it's not good enough to say I'm speaking to Terrace. What about Terrace? Terrace got a kid. That's not good enough. What about Terrace? Terrace is a branding strategist. No, that's not good enough. What about Terrace? What fuels Terrace? And what makes her pump the brakes? You need to know both equally. The next thing you need to know is what are your standards for selecting clients in business collaborations? Yes, set standards. And I know when you first starting out, for me, so this is a really, um, you really just got to be clever in how you go about this because you get some people who just come into an industry and they are too arrogant. They're not coachable. They're not teachable. They're not likable. Um, and that is a disservice to them as a professional. And that is a disservice to their business. But then you still have to have standards. What are the kind of clients that I want to associate with? What kind of brands do I want to partner with? What circles do I want to be known in and what do I want to be known for? That's very important to know because when I first got started, granted my first business was event planning and I did not set this standard. So anybody who wanted to work with me, I work with them. And to everybody around me, it looked good because I was always working and yes, I was making money, but I was burned out. I was discouraged. I had no true strategy for how to scale, for what that even looked like. I was questioning 
if this is some, do, do I even want to do this? Like if I got to deal with these kind of people, do I even want to do this? Because the, the nature of the game is, yes, we're going to be doing things that we don't necessarily want to do. But then on the on the flip side, there are some instances where we do have control over those things. Who are your top three competitors? I ask my clients this all the time. Whenever I do a, a coaching call, whenever I do a training, I want to know who are your top three competitors. And I cannot make this up. Every single person that I've coached to this day, no one has able has been able to give me their top three competitors. No one feels that they have competitors because what's for them is for them. And y'all listen, that is so accurate. What's for you is for you. What is what you're meant to have, you're going to have. And I have a faith like that too, but I also know that faith without works is dead. And in business, marketing, branding, it is very competitive. Competitive in the in the instance where what are you doing to stand out in the marketplace? What are you doing to make sure that when when it's time for consumers to decide on a service, when it's time for consumers to decide on a product, what are you doing to make sure that you are in the forefront of their minds when they are making these decisions? I want to come up. I want to be in the top tier of choices that you decide from. When you window shopping, I want to be the store that you stop at. So who are your competitors? And what are you doing to stand out from your competitors so that consumers will choose you over them? How much will you charge and how will you price your products? Y'all, what's so funny is people will throw business out and do what you got to do because <laughs> at the end of the day, <laughs> business is about strategy, but sometimes you got to learn things on the fly too. But people will throw things out. I'm launching this, I'm launching this, I'm launching that. And then they get to this website or they get to this storefront and it's time to start tagging their inventory, tagging their products, and they don't know how much to charge. That's why with part one, we said research. For your target audience and your target market, what is the standard price? Right? And what capabilities, what benefits of your product will allow you to price it at the price point, at the at the top tier point, price point that the market is offering? Or what about your product is forcing you to you know, to price it at a lower point. Because, you know, let's just face it. Luxury brands, they're appealing to a specific audience in a specific market. So that's why they are at that price point. And they have convinced, not even convinced, the benefit of their product, the benefit of being associated with that brand is what fuels that target audience to spend their money at that price point. I have this money, right? 
So I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the people that I know have that amount of money. This is why you should spend it. I've figured out your language. I figured out your communication style. And I've communicated my product in a way that will allow you to purchase at whatever price point I set. And so that's important to know. How much will you charge? People are always like, is this a good price? Is this a good price? And I always make them take a step back. Well, who are your competitors? Who is your target audience? And what is the demand for what you are offering? And something that's super, super important. What are your non-negotiable areas? So some people are like, I only do... I won't do certain things for less than a certain amount. Some people, like I recently just had, um, I had a deal that I walked away from and one of my colleagues said to me, someone I'm, you know, I'm close with a, a business, I call her a business bestie. Uh, they asked me, well, what if they make you an offer that you can't refuse? And I told them, I walked away from for me. When you walk away for you, you can't be bought. And that's what happened. The price point continued to go up. And I continued to say no because that was a non-negotiable area for me. And that's important to know. What are your limits? What are you willing to do? What will you absolutely never do? What are you willing to endure? Will you absolutely, that's it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> At what point are you? will you walk away? You need to get clear on that. Because a person with no boundaries, ooh, a person with no limits, you got to be tethered to something. And when I say something, your values, your core values, your core beliefs, now, if your core belief is like, I'm just going to get it by any means, <laughs> then it is what it is. But what are your non-negotiable areas? What are you not willing to be moved on? The answers to those questions will feed into the core values of your business, and they will give you another leg to stand on in tough business situations. Because business is, I don't care if you have been in business for years, the state of the economy, the state of the market right now is something that most people have never seen. This is new. This is a learning curve. So they are in tough business situations every day. I don't care who you are. Top companies were not ready for this pandemic. And most bad decisions come because there is no foundation to reference when challenges show up. With any growth comes a growing pain. It does not matter how much we've prepared, how much experience we have had. There are only certain lessons, right? Or there are certain lessons you will only learn from by going through the process. And that's why these questions are so important. Because you can use these as a foundation when you go through these issues. So, for part one, we said do your research, right? 
Do your research. The next part we're going to get into is you got to rehearse. Always remember, no, always remember, championships are won during practice. They are won in practice. And business is no different. I always say, I don't say, not I always say, but since the day I've heard this quote, I have not let it go. It says, what you do anywhere is what you do everywhere. So if you show up half-assed in practice, if you show up half-assed behind closed doors, when game day comes, when that major opportunity that you've been waiting for comes, you're going to half-ass it then too. Constantly rehearse your elevator speech, your elevator pitch. I know I I get um, different speaking engagements and everyone thinks it's so easy for me to speak to people because, yes, I'm well-spoken and um, and I have a lot of good shit to say. <laughs> Um, but I rehearse and I rehearse and I go over my notes and a lot of things I don't like because at first I'm like, I don't want to sound too rehearsed. I want it to just flow and I want it to come to just come off come out naturally. And a part of doing that is preparation. So I may not write out my pitch word for word, but these are the points that I need to hit. And through practice, 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 I've gotten better at that. Even from my first podcast episode, my first podcast episode, y'all, I literally, I wrote it out word for word for word. And I read it. (laughs) Great writer. And I read it during that first recording. And after I finished that recording, I said, that's not how I want to do this. Right? But like, granted, when I do write, it captures my most inner thoughts and it's some it's very poetic, very well written. Um, but in terms of connecting with an audience, that's not how I want to do it. Like if I stood before someone and I just read something, you know, and that was a personal decision. That's not how you have to do it. If you need to read off top, do what you got to do. But for me, I wanted to be able to have talking points and be able to talk off of the top of my head, to be able to talk off of things that I've researched, the things that I've I've studied, the things that I know, the things that I'm an expert level on. And so I continue to practice this for myself, for my business. Um, I rehearse those questions um, that I just said were very important to answer. I rehearse the answers to all those questions. And Practice does not make perfect, but it will continue to make you better. It will make you great. You can start off horrible at something. And practice will be the determining factor, the deciding factor for if you are if you are terrible or if you are great. That's what it takes. And I won't say that's all it takes because practice is hard. <laughs> practice more than you perform. For every deal you sign, for every speaking engagement you have, for every athletic game that you play, you know how much workout, how much exercise, how much practice, got to remember plays, you got to ice your body, you got to do so much stuff in between these games. Games might be big deals, big opportunities might be 10, 20% of what you do. That other 90 or 80, you preparing for those. 
And going into any situation blind can be intimidating. And when you are intimidated, you will not perform at the level you would if you were truly confident. You can put your game face on all you want. There have been plenty of times where I have had to do the same thing and plenty of times where you will have to do the same thing. Don't let them see you sweat, right? And you've been intimidated. You have been scared, shaking in your boots, boy. If somebody touch you, you will flinch. And you show up different in that instant than you would if you went in there with the notion of saying, I, I'm confident in this. I'm not intimidated by this. Nervousness, anxiety, those things may come, but I'm not intimidated or fearful about this because I know that when I show up, it is going to be good. Right? So you can put your game face on all you want. But people are discerning. People know when they put fear in you. Okay? People know when they intimidate you. Your audience can see when you are fearful versus when you are confident. And they will see right through that. So set aside one to two hours each day to practice. Create scenarios with clients, with customers, with, you know, different things that may pop up at a networking event. Um, different situations that might arise with, that might arise from, you know, with customers. Get on the forefront of things that could happen. Get ready for these things. You say you want to, you want to broker million dollar deals. What is that conversation like? Where does that conversation take place? Rehearse for whatever it is you have coming up. Run through those scenarios. Be present in the moment when you are rehearsing so that you are able to, and I said set aside one or two hours, but listen, if you got more time to dedicate to it, dedicate that time to it. You got a meeting coming up, rehearse that thing. Because if I rehearse and I played out different scenarios, when I show up, you know what? Any scenario that pops up, I'm going to have a response for it. I'm going to have a solution for that. I'm going to have a selling point for that. I'm going to have a, a benefit for that. There is no such thing as being overprepared. This is the season. This season right now that's shown up that we're in, this is for prepared people. This is for prepared people. This is game day. It's not too late for you to prepare. But this is game day. All that work you've been putting in the last few years, past few months, Everything that you have done is getting you to the point where you are right now. Even with my new business. This business has been in the works since 2014. 
I laid the foundation for this business years ago. But I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the skill sets. I didn't have the, the, the financial backing for it then. I had the vision for it, but I was young. And so when I set things aside when I was younger, I thought that meant it just wasn't meant for me to do them. But this is a season for prepared people. Things are aligning. Things are aligning. Those things that you have prayed for, those things that you have been trying to manifest, this is the season for them. That thing that you have been afraid to do, this is the season for it. And I wouldn't say it if I wasn't living it. <laughs> but this, this is the season. And so I am going to, I thought I was going to do a two-part series, but this is going to be a three-part series. And I'm going to roll out part three, um, probably the middle of next week. So get prepared. Get prepared. And I want to thank you guys for continuing to, y'all, I might have lied. This might, it might be more parts to this than three. We're going to see. We're going to see. We'll play it. <laughs> the, the more recordings I do, we'll play it by ear. But I want to keep them short. I don't want to throw out a super long episode at you guys. So I'm trying to break it up because this is so important, especially for right now. But I want to thank you guys for continuing to tune in, for continuing to support the Branding Bay podcast. Um, we are being listened to in 10 countries consistently outside of the United States. So thank you guys. Please, if you are listening on, on iTunes, please leave a review. Tell me what you think. Leave us a review. Also, follow me on Instagram at Life and Couture. Like I said, thank you guys for continuing to support. And until next time. <laughs>